Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this episode, I was delighted to be joined by Stacey Lavery, a new friend of mine, and we had a great chat about something that her grandpa actually used to tell her. So I'm going to let her tell you in the conversation about that, obviously, but it was really about how kind we can be in the world to both ourselves and to others. And really, as so many of my conversations turn into, it was all about authenticity and that secret weapon that I believe I have, which is just being totally myself. Uh, So it was great to have a conversation about authenticity with somebody else too. A great conversation. I hope that you enjoy it. Stacey, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you, Anne, for having me. Thanks for asking me to come on. I'm really excited. I know, I know. It's great to have you. Tell us a bit about you. Uh, so my name is Stacey Lavery. I'm from Liverpool, um, which is normally quite obvious from my accent, although, as we were just saying before, a lot of people kind of identify me as Irish. And I identify a little bit as Irish as well, because like most people in Liverpool, we do have an Irish heritage. Born and raised in Liverpool, but spend a lot of time travelling in my job. I'm a fundraiser. I started off about 16 years ago, straight out of university, and like most fundraisers, fell into it. But actually, I think you're born to be a fundraiser, and somehow you'll end up in it anyway, if that's where you're meant to be. Started off with, you know, kind of grassroots organisations, arts, heritage, theatre, working with really small um, community groups to develop their fundraising strategies. Been involved in uh, setting up, you know, youth theatres for young people who um, haven't got the funds to pay for a youth theatre community choirs, all of that amazing things. And then about six and a half years ago, a job opening came up at the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine, which is the first institution in the world of its kind that was ever set up. We're six months older than the London School. This year we're celebrating our 125th anniversary and focus much more on kind of international fundraising, high net worth, major giving, and those kinds of things. It's very different, but I absolutely love my job and what I do. Yes, and that's how we met, of course, because we were at the fundraising convention in London a couple of weeks ago. So as soon as I told you about the podcast, like the next day you were telling me you were listening to it already. So <laughs> I'm delighted to have you on it, Stacey, and I know you've been thinking about it a lot. So tell me, what do you know for sure? So I was saying, uh, when Anne first asked me to come on uh, the podcast, I was just like, I what do I know for sure? I really don't know. And I think a couple of people have said the same thing. So as Anne said, I have been binge listened to the podcast the next morning and kind of got a feel for it. And I thought, do you know what? I I do know what I know for sure. It's kind of a family motto that we have. It's something that I say to myself at least once a day, a phrase that my granddad, who's no longer with us, sadly, passed down to all of us. And that is, it's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. I love that. So how does that show up in your life then? It's just one of those things. I think we, we see a lot more in the media now, the focus on, you know, mental health and things like that. You know, acts of kindness are really important. You know, it can boost feelings of confidence in people. It can make you feel in control of your actions. It can create happiness and optimism. And people then tend, if they've had an active, you know, kindness towards them, they tend to pay it forward. The day is nicer, you know, they, and it just creates a nice community. And I do believe it's contagious. Yeah. Being nice and being kind is definitely contagious. I want to caveat this as well. And just to say, you know, and especially as a woman, sometimes it's okay not to be nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> and sometimes you've got to be assertive as well. But actually just in like the general, being a human, being a nice person really matters. But then actually... In my career, what I've found is that that 
being personable and genuinely showing an interest in you know the human condition and how humans are really translates when you're speaking to philanthropists and donors donors and just you know your stakeholders as well whether that's volunteers whether it's your colleagues I think being nice it stays with people doesn't it you know people always remember how you made them feel and I think you know it it doesn't cost anything to be nice it doesn't matter how important you are Uh just be nice (laughs) oh yeah and obviously I resonate with it so much and I like you I think slightly different seeing as a fundraiser I would say when I'm working with other fundraisers as people buy people people buy me every day of the week before they're going to buy what I'm trying to talk them into mm-hmm. and so I think it's really important therefore that I build an authentic connection with people that I understand a wee bit about them before I start telling them about my charity and mm-hmm. so I really get that what I think is sometimes because I am generally always kind when it's when it's called for I'm not kind to people that are arseholes I'm not right I'm just <laughs> mean to them either but I'm not anything to them I just keep walking mm-hmm. but do you ever have this notion of when you're being kind to people some people are obviously so unfamiliar with people being kind to them that they actually don't know how to cope with what you're what you're saying to them have you had that experience Stacey absolutely and to be completely honest for a number of years I was like that as well when people showed me kindness I was a bit like oh no, I couldn't ever take a compliment I just was like no 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 and I just back it off and I think that had a lot to do with that I wasn't very kind to myself. Mm. And that's the other thing as well. So there's about being nice to other people, but it's about being nice to yourself. And we were speaking about this, weren't we, um, down in London last week, and about you know how important it is to, to think to yourself kindly, to say nice things about yourself, just be kind to yourself. And I, and I think that's the problem. And I think so there's also a balance where you, you know, sometimes people are uncomfortable with compliments and and being people being nice towards them so you've you've, you know, you've got to be able to use your own emotional intelligence to understand where that line is and it's the same with philanthropists as well you know there is a level of authenticity you you know when someone is not being authentic when they're tra- when they're being nice or whether it's their facial expressions or whatever that is their body language and there is a level of authenticity that needs to go with that and I think people can see through it business people you know philanthropists colleagues it's really obvious, you know, in the past I've worked with people who were like really smiley, hi, you know, and really kind of emitted um, this nice, this nice person vibe. And I, I just, I just kind of seen through the bullshit, basically. I was just like, that isn't authentic. This is something what they want people to see them as, you know, and I, yeah, so it's, it's a bit of that as well. I think it's, authenticity in in kindness aye and and you know i'm going to cross over in air careers as well because as you know stacy and as my my listeners all know because i talk about it all the bloody time i was really unwell six years ago i had a brain Mm -hmm. injury and when i was getting back into my life which took a wee while before that as a fundraiser i used to be able to change my accent change what i was talking about i would very much reflect the people i was with right Mm -hmm. So, and that worked well for me, and I obviously could do it. When I got back to my work, now as I look back on that, I thought at the time that I was deciding not to do that anymore, to just be myself. Now when I contemplate it, I didn't have the capacity to be lots of ands anymore. I could only just be the one and. But what I discovered on that journey of me being very authentically myself is, people who got me really, really got me. It was almost like I was holding a secret key. Like, people would be, like, like quite really interested in me. Like, oh, God, you're, you're great, aren't you? Oh, hi. Mm-hmm. 
not everybody, but the people who weren't. And I was a wee bit like, well, I'm just being myself. And that is an option that's open to us all every day. And because of the successful, I suppose, interactions that I had then, I now don't have lots of Anne's work Anne and radio Anne. And there's just the one Anne, right? And I, yeah. so obviously I soften it a wee bit because like the way I would behave with my pals probably isn't it suitable with a lot of people. <laughs> but I think that when I realised that just being myself actually seemed to be such a, a unique thing, it's an option that's open to us all every day of the week. Mm-hmm. And yet it feels like everybody, not everybody, a lot of people are trying to be something else. And that's really, like, if we go back to the whole self-kindness thing, mm-hmm. you know, you know, because I told you, like, when I was coming through my illness, that being really kind to myself because the two-way conversation that was going on in my head was the only one I was having. And therefore, that was really important to me. So I'm always pretty nice to myself, like, really most of the time. And I catch myself if I'm not, and I sort of mm-hmm. stop myself. Most people don't do that, I don't think. Do you think, Stacey? I agree. And sometimes I catch myself in a moment where I go, oh, do you know, I just don't like how I look today, and you know, whatever else. And the other thing as well is that you can't confuse it with, you know, to- I think there's a thing called toxic positivity where people oh, just being is. positive, for the, you know, for the, for, the, uh, for the sake of being positive and not actually acknowledging that there's a whole range of emotions that we have as humans. And it's absolutely fine to feel all of them. And, you know, you, you see that when, you know, you lead teams or whatever else that, you know, people come into work sometimes and they're just having a really terrible day and, you know, just show a bit of kindness to them, you know, where they just, you know, take some time or go and grab a coffee, take some time for yourself. Some people can just end up in that, you know, that kind of hostiness of just not being kind to themselves. And it, you do have to, I, sometimes, so when I find myself doing that, I physically sometimes out loud say no and I just stop and I have to it's that physical saying no so something that we didn't speak about when I was uh, when we were down in in London at a convention was that you know I I spent 18 months in therapy because I was going through a really anxious time in my life I was moving away from my family slightly because of the relationship that I was in and was was having a really generally terrible time and that 18 months of like self-reflection really kind of helped me understand me and who I am and who I've developed into as a person it gave me lots of coping mechanisms and where possible I talk to people about it all the time I'm a massive advocate of people seeking counseling if they really need to because that understanding of how to be kind to yourself how to manage your own negative thoughts and you know any kind of intrusive thoughts as well that people get you know like imposter syndrome I think that's an intrusive thought and I suffer with that quite a lot through my career because I am I work from, from a working class background. I do have sometimes when I'm really excited, I become even more scouts. And I think just, you know, when, when you do work with numerous people in your life, and you'll probably know this as well, you, you understand that sometimes you have to slow down when you speak. Yeah. You know, you have to just intonate on certain words, you know, those kinds of things. But I, I kind of realised it was a couple of years ago, I was at the World Health Organisation and I just suddenly sat and I was just thought do you know what I am meant to be here I know what I'm doing I know that I'm the best person at doing this I know that I'm great at speaking to people and it's you know going back to having those conversations with people and being authentically yourself in development fundraising you know these are long-term relationships with people you're not just it's not an in and out parachute and thanks for the money see you later either report it's about developing a relationship with that donor so that they can come with you on the journey. And part of that is opening up yourself to them and them opening up to you. So you you end up sharing information that you probably wouldn't even share with your partner or anybody else. But that's the beauty of it is that it's that authentic relationship. 
And I just think it's so powerful. It is. And I really, I do. I think my authenticity is, my, is one of my secret weapons, probably, uh, because... I make real connections a lot. Like, you know, I didn't know you a fortnight ago, but there was a group of us who spent lots of time together at that convention. And now I feel as if I'm really looking forward to next year. I see you in person and I'm definitely keeping in touch with you and stuff like that. And I think if you're not authentic, then how do you know any of the connections you've made are real? Because, and I think I've had that even like, you know, I've got um, teenagers. Well, one of my teenagers won't be a teenager anymore next week because she's going to be 20. But anyway. I can't believe you've got children that, of that age. You don't look old enough. Thanks, we're leaving that in. <laughs> I think, like, saying to them, like, you know, you need to be yourself as much as you possibly can. If can I impart that to to them as as young women that you be yourself because then you'll know that what you build in life is real. And like you, you mentioned earlier on about when you meet people, and you just know that they're not being themselves, and like mm-hmm. you know that there's something else going on in their head to what they're actually saying. Actually, mm-hmm. now I find it quite exhausting so would rather not deal with such people so I just sort of move on quickly because I can because I'm freelancing the work I do I can move on quite quickly from everything that I'm doing and therefore I now choose that I make the decision that I will not work with people that I don't find authentic in my first couple interactions because it's exhausting it's confusing I don't understand what you mean because what your face is saying and what your words are saying are two different things and what your emails are saying I can't play that game with you. I don't want to, so I'm not going to. Yeah. It's exhausting. So uh, there is a converse to it, isn't there? Mm-hmm. It is. And it, and it can be really exhausting because I think in a, in a sense, the pandemic helped slightly in that people kind of stripped back their corporate self and they became vulnerable and they exposed their vulnerabilities and people really struggled through it. And I worried that once we came out of that, people would just revert back to type. And I think in some senses people have, but I definitely think that certain barriers have broken down when it comes to relationships as well. You know, look look at some large funders and some donors are now saying, do you know what? We totally get it. We're not going to restrict funds anymore. We're going to unrestrict our funds. We understand you've got to do the... So you, you're seeing it in different... People have got a better understanding of what is needed, you know, for organisations, for individuals, just for groups of people. But yeah, I think it's, it's really funny actually because... I said to my nan, um, who's still with us, thankfully, where did where did granddad get this saying from? And she said, oh, I don't, I don't know. Nobody knows in the family. So I've done a little bit of research because I thought he must have got it from somewhere. And it actually came from a philanthropist. Wow. I know. Two philanthropists, actually. It was uh, John Templeton, who is an investor and philanthropist, and that trust is still going. Robert Dedman Sr. And they both um, allude to it in their, their work and everything else. And I just thought, how strange that I've lived my life with this phrase, this motto that our whole family kind of abide by. And I've ended up working in philanthropy and it came from a philanthropist. And so I've kind of gone back as far as I can. And it, there was one saying which was um, America, of course, you know, it would be US because everyone's so encompassing about, you know, feelings and people more so than the UK is. Yeah, I, I traced it back. And originally it used to be, it used to say, it's swell to be important, but it's important to be swell. You can just imagine it. Swell to be important. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the swell came into nice, and it was uh, it was actually John Templeton that kind of coined it first into the it's wow. nice to be important, but it's important that. to be nice. I love that reflection and I hope that listeners who aren't fundraisers are getting what we're talking about we're talking about philanthropy fundraising we've not got time to tell you Google Uh, (laughs) but (laughs) I love that like sort of a recognition that we nod to you that you looked that up and Mm -hmm. it was a wee nod to you that you're on the right path wasn't it 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I quite like that. And that's the thing that I really liked. And, you know, recently we we lost another member of our family quite young and he worked in grassroots football to begin with. And then he kind of worked at an academy for Everton Football Club and got all of the young people through. And at his funeral, there was about 600 people turned up. You know, he was one of these people who was just amazing. Didn't have a bad word to say about anyone. And his daughter set up a, more, a memorial page where people could, you know, talk about their memories. And all it says, everything the loveliest bloke, so nice, so kind, so um, genuine, uh, generous with his time. And I just thought, do you know what? And he also abided by the nice to be important, important to be nice. And I just thought it matters. It really matters because, you know, when you're long gone, people are always going to remember how you made them feel. And what a lovely gift to be left, that your mm-hmm. grandfather left to your family, isn't it? It is. He had, he had lots of little quirks like that, but, you know, if that's the one I think that really really stuck with the whole entire family and like I say it's something that I think of every day and even sometimes when I just go oh there's something's doing my head in or whatever it is I just kind of breathe and just remember that and just you know go on with the day and like you said you know when people aren't nice or you know they're not kind or they're a bit I just think I'm I'm not going to change who I am I'm going to continue to be kind to you but I'm not probably going to bother with you from here on out. Exactly. And it's about making those decisions because I think as a woman as well, you know, people expect you to be nice and smiley, smiley, but there comes a time when you don't have to be nice. So I did feel like I had to caveat that. There's some times you've got to be assertive. I think the authenticity thing, which I am, and I try not to ever be anything other than kind, but sometimes I need to say difficult stuff to, mm-hmm. within a work setting to colleagues. And the authenticity means there's, there's no bullshit here. And I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm going to mm-hmm. say it as nice as I can. I'm going to offer to help you work through it. But equally, mm-hmm. I'm not going to continue to put up with whatever shite that's going on here. And I think that scares a lot of people, probably. But that doesn't because mean... Because they know how you are normally. Yeah, uh-huh. and I think that's it's that it's that contrast, isn't it? You know, oh, wow, she really means something here because normally she's like this and actually this is really serious. And I think uh-huh. that, that uh, juxtaposition of, you know, being one thing and then being the other, it matters. I think... It, in the past, when I've had to be quite assertive in a role to members of the team, they've kind of gone, oh, okay, she she means it, what she's saying, because normally she's really kind or she's really nice and she's quite laid back. But, you know, there's come the time when you've got to be like, a, right, let's get, you know, mm-hmm. get down to it. I actually think, but if I reflect on it for myself, it's like I'm always the same. So I'm always the same. It's just sometimes I'm telling you stuff that you quite enjoy hearing and sometimes mm-hmm. I'm not. And, you know, yeah. I had told you that, that I had started doing my videos and stuff on my social medias. And actually, I haven't put this one up yet. But I was doing something the other day. I was having this thought that the things that people love about me when they first meet me, my authenticity, my bullshitness, all of that, can end up being the stuff they hate about me, like, two years later. She's too honest. She's too bullshit. She's always wanting to stone up for somebody. Right. Equally, there can be people in my life who at first will tell me, like once they do like me, I'm not attached, but they are obviously. I can stand that about you, but actually, as I got more used to it, I love that you're like that, and I'm trying to be a wee bit more honest or whatever. And my point being is that doesn't matter what other people think because they're going to think what they're going to think. They're either going to like you or they're no. And even if they like you for one reason, they'll hate you for that reason. And therefore, we just need to keep being authentically ourselves. And I think. That's what I find when I'm, like, they love that I'm honest. They love that I'm forthright until I'm being honest and forthright with them. (laughs) But that doesn't mean I'm not going to do it because my authenticity demands that I continue to do it. You've got to be true to yourself. You've got to know who you are as a person because if you lose that, 
then you don't have anything. And I think as long as you can hold on to that, no, this is who I am. This is why I've made that decision. This is why I've acted that way. You were true to yourself. And I, I always think, you know, wherever I am, whether I'm in a room full of people I know or full of people that I don't know, I want to always be in a way that if something happened and someone said, oh, you know, Stacey Lavery done this, that someone would say she would never do that. We know that she's not like that, you know, and I think always act in a way that if somebody was watching you, they wouldn't have anything bad to say about you. And that's kind of how I am. That's how I kind of lead my life, really. And just uh, because we are going on, everybody's cup of coffee is finished now, but... (laughs) If there's anything that comes through in this podcast, when I started it, I thought, you know, are, are women going to know the same things? We don't. We know lots of other things. So 150-odd conversations in this is now, Stacey. If there's something that does come across women who I would say are in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, there's this notion, this feeling of, I wish I had known this when I was younger. I wish I had had the confidence when I was younger and all that. And I therefore think the fact that we can try and put this out in the world for anybody that's younger to hear mm-hmm. is that women that are older and you know some women it's very exciting for me because I'm still perimenopausal but that are past their <laughs> menopause say it's like life begins after the menopause which I think is very exciting but if the the more that we can keep this message going about being authentic about being kind about being nice about being truly yourself and showing up truly as yourself and take whatever consequences come with that the younger you do that, I think the better life you'll have. Because mm-hmm. I worry when women aren't doing this, that they get to menopause maybe, and they end up having a complete breakdown because they don't know who they are, because they've yeah. not been authentic, they've been living their life the way somebody else, whether that be parents, partners, whoever, expected them to be, and they're always yeah. had like, right, so who am I? So I'm yeah. always on that push, how can we let younger women know, be yourself now? Because it's, yeah. it's not a quick, it's not a slow journey. That seems to go awful fast. It speeds up. I think the younger generations are really doing very well at that. Mm. I look at younger generations now and I just think, wow, I wish I had that confidence. And I was confident as a, as a younger person, don't get me wrong. But this was is a totally different level of confidence. They know what they want. I really didn't know what I wanted. And I actually read a, p- a piece of research when I was um, preparing for this podcast. And it said that um, people who are kind and generous and compassionate have better general health and live longer. Because I think you just kind of go, do you know what, I don't need the stress. I'm just going to be me. Just let everything else happen. I, if I'm kind and I'm nice and I know who I am, that is the thing. And I, I think that's why I'm, I'm good at what I do, because I, I genuinely care about humans. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong, there's some people, people that you go, you know, we have a, <laughs> we have a uh, <laughs> saying, which is, God, I bloody hate the public, but I love people. I... <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> Joe Public, it's just... Sometimes you just think, oh, what's going on in the world? But people, people are brilliant. And I love working with them. I love meeting them. (laughs) What a perfect place to end. Thank you so much for joining me (laughs) on the podcast, Stacey. Thank you for having me on. I was really nervous. I've never done a podcast before, so this will be the start of it now. You watch. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching 
Anne Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, annehughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.